0: Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcaster, everything new to the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at LightForce coming to you live before the uh what is it a basketball game there on me hell yeah let's go Suns. so some backstory here by the way that was onni at onni Strafe uh, joining me virtually as always uh we're recording earlier in the evening than we normally do because apparently the Phoenix Suns Trump all
1: well they do they did Trump uh LeBron James and his uh terrible acting the last time around but let's oh hope was he up. uh was he trying to bait some calls? Oh, he always does that, but it is mm-hmm. what it is. We, we, if we beaten the Lakers and the refs in game one, hopefully we keep on doing that.
0: You had to play the refs too, man.
1: Oh uh, yeah. That's, harsh. that's the worst.
0: I mean, here's an NBA adding all in extra players and we're going to talk about overwatch, you know, <laughs> dropping them. So yeah. Oh, Why is there um, overwatch news at all? There is, there is um, just, you know, <laughs> tiny bit of it it's it's going to be an episode i I was sort of teasing it on social considering how you were
1: were just you know a little a little warm i don't know like i think overwatch 2 looks incredible i have nothing but positive things to say about what i saw and there's not a modicum of concern or doubt in my mind that everyone especially the children (laughs) we're all gonna love it
0: I was gonna ask out the children.
1: And again, if you don't,
0: if you don't know what's going on here, uh, let's just say that we almost had uh, a—I don't even know what type of incident one would call it—when a potential, you know, podcaster gets himself booted (laughs) out of a team Discord that he represents. So, thankfully, I didn't have to go in and, you know, get myself equally booted. I mean, this is the way it works. I mean, we 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 know ride together, we die together, right? Yeah, that's true. No. but uh no we got a wacky wacky weekend of overwatch league action to get into and i say wacky maybe it's the new normal I mean, mm-hmm. time will mm-hmm. obviously tell yeah. we've had a, a live stream we've had an AMA, uh, and then just some breaking news coming out of of toronto as well so we're going to get into all of that uh, uh you're listening to uh a reset at pono we'll be uh pushing the payload uh, together in a moment moving the payload join me The breaking news that uh, just came out. And again, I say just came out, we're recording here on Tuesday evening. Uh, You will be listening to this podcast uh, Wednesday afternoon or or potentially later. So this story could obviously evolve, but the Toronto Defiant just tweeted out uh, an official statement uh, wanting to thank all fans for their support and well wishes, the health and safety of our players and staff have have and always will be our main priority. We have three positive COVID-19 cases within our Defiant organization. We have been in touch with Toronto Public Health, and we are following our instructions and recommendations. Direct and indirect contacts in our organization have been tested, and in some cases, retested. We will update our community once we receive more definitive information. Thank you for your patience and support. Now, this this just, I kid you not, was tweeted out, you know, minutes ago. And in our rundown, I mean, we had noted that uh, it was, you know, relatively big news that Logics. Uh, had actually shared that he had been in uh, the ER and this is where it's unclear to me. He's, he's quite publicly said he's gone to hospital. Now, whether or not he has been hospitalized is, is unclear, but he had COVID like symptoms. Mm -hmm. Now seeing the statement from the Toronto defiant, uh, it it would occur to me that it's more than likely, you know, him being one of the three. Um, But being that he is a player, is it possible that there are other players that now have, I've tested positive. All I am concerned about is is the health and well being of everyone in the organization. I mean that's that is that is most important. I mean there are some who I've been sort of watching online and in, in sort of the discords are saying, oh well, what well, does this impact the games? So I could care less. <laughs> I mean obviously my hope is is that the the team is is well and and they're able to perform because being able to perform is is a sign of probably good health. But if things need to be moved around and rescheduled because of this. That's that's what's most important.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm just hopeful that nobody takes it the other way of like trying to figure out what happened, who was to blame. Like these things happen; they're practically unavoidable. um, And we saw this happen many times before in other professional leagues. So I just Mm. wish everybody who's involved uh, to get well and, and be safe. And that's pretty much it. Just you know, hoping that everybody clears. Uh, this this big challenge, and now uh, we get back to uh, healthy games. Yeah, and
0: I mean, what we know is what Logic has sort of said about his Logics has said about his his breathing. It was labored. He was having difficulty, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's scary. I mean, he's a young kid, but it needs to reinforce how you know potent COVID nineteen is. It it does not discriminate by age it's it is anyone that can get it can suffer some significant impact and there is obviously then the longer term uh impact that it it may may also you know deal a blow with like i have a i have a friend of mine who uh unfortunately uh, picked it up early on last year sort of just before Mm -hmm. the actual declaration of the pandemic and we're over a year out from when she picked it up and she's still dealing with some long-haul symptoms Yeah, right. This is this is a life altering um, illness. So, uh, for me, I just look at this as, as being very unfortunate. And um, your point about you know yeah. not looking to see who's at fault, and it, sure, it's a virus. I mean, the virus doesn't go in and and you know trick someone into doing something else. In fact, follow all the protocol you want. It is still going to find a way. I mean, a yeah. virus is programming is pretty simple. <laughs> uh you know replicate and 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 that's what's happening
1: got it and like on a less uh serious note i think us overwatch players are primed to detect uh covid sooner if we get it sooner than other people because you know once you uh detect that you cannot feel the salt anymore oh. uh, it's it's pretty safe to assume <laughs> that you have it Well, I think
0: I want to say, did I share on the, on last week's show that I had gotten myself a
1: a tested a weekend ago? I don't remember. You told me, I don't remember if it was on air or not.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a real thing. I mean, I had symptoms, uh, what looked to be symptoms. I had, I had a dry cough. I had had a headache Mm -hmm. for days. um, I had congestion and I had actually lost my sense of smell. But and what, that's what actually scared me the most is,
1: yeah,
0: uh, I happened to be across the street from a farm where they were putting like manure on the field and <laughs> yeah, my wife commented about how bad the smell was. And I'm sitting there like, wait, there's a smell. Like that's actually what got me most concerned. Now, uh, thankfully having been tested, I came back negative, but you know, I follow all the rules. I, I wear a mask. Um, I, I stay you know, relatively um, well within guidelines, and and sure. while yes, I didn't get it, I still got sick. I had a head cold, essentially yeah. that was creating some concern. So I mean, it, it is. I know we sort of make light of it, and that's sort of our reaction to a very serious situation. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully, again, you know, everyone does come out of this um, well. I mean, that's our our number one concern is logics, and then the others who are, are currently impacted, and really the entire organization. I can't imagine what the, the stress would be like. Sure. So, if there's anything you know, myself or, or Omni here could do to support, if, if anyone is listening to the show um, or can pass it on, I mean, we're, we're thinking of uh, the entire organization. So, getting back on to sort of the topic of the payload, we were going to uh, first kick off recapping the two Toronto Defiant matches that we, we saw this weekend, and, and if you recall. Uh, both uh, Omni and I had suggested that uh, the Toronto defiant were primed quite well to cash themselves in with two wins. Yeah. So did we, did we curse the defiant or is there more and we'll get into each of the individual matches, but is there maybe more going on
1: here uh, league wise, as opposed to just team wise? Yeah, there might be uh, there are three scenarios here they were either severely underprepared for that second match or maybe the second scenario being they're not they're just not as good as we expected them to be or maybe the third option and i think that's probably the the you know the most uh, obvious suspect is this meta is really nuts and anything goes <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: well and that you know was more apparent than that first match against the eternal I mean, looking at that at a high level, one of the comments that I had had was it felt to me that it was very scrappy. You had what appeared to be two evenly matched teams trying to find their way through this meta. But the Toronto Defiant had that little bit extra to clutch out map wins that could have gone either way it's not as if Paris rolled over the Toronto Defiant had to work hard for their 3-1 win right
1: these uh these fights uh for example in in Busan the first one both maps were super super close and and mm-hmm. and going forward through all maps really it could have gone either way Toronto this time was was on top like you said but there were just like picks going back t- towards both teams in all fights and, and sometimes a hero would pop off, whether it was Sato who had a good showing or or soldier uh, a nice on the soldier um and and it was a, a weird situation on second map, you could see that there were weird not even like the individual plays, but it seemed like the team plays are of like positioning and and that weird c nine on Toronto's defense uh, yeah. on the point like it seems like it's every everything is more discombobulated than usual and uh uh and the teams are not playing the mirror almost almost uh, in 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 either map we saw like uh in Wild, which we're discussing right now outside mm-hmm. of the Diva and echo i think everything was different so everything was really hectic is what i'm trying to get at and um if if even the momentum which is so big in in Overwatch League Uh, You would see like Paris, for example, they were pushing very fast and suddenly in in Castle, it slows down. Um, Maybe there's a switch there. Uh, Again, nice to, he he went to play Soldier and he went, you know, on a flank and he got a pick and and wow, we win. But well, that's how my competitive games are going usually. And you don't really know what's going on until you, sometimes you have a bad game. That's true. But most of the games, uh, it's just, Really hectic, and that's how it yeah. felt to me. Really, not not just this game, but uh, yeah, Ikenwald. I think uh, Paris actually won, right? There was uh, yeah, they won three uh, one. Yeah, but Don you know, and Khan were
0: playing really well in that map. Yeah, I mean Ikenwald. It's it's obviously difficult to compare because Toronto, while well, they capped the point quick they had a significant amount of struggle trying to just get it through the, that first gate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Paris had a, a, had essentially had high ground and Toronto just could not find a way to, to take that, uh, that space back. But let's look at the Eichenwald defense that Toronto had, mm-hmm. had they not c nine that first point, one might suggest that Paris would not have gotten it all the way through. Like they, yeah. Paris was having to chip away slowly yeah, and Toronto was bending, was bending, hard. bending. But when that C9 occurred, there were a couple of things that have now happened. One, Paris they're, they've got spawn advantage sure. in a significant way. And I want to say, and I, I, I want to say there were three defiant players still up, maybe even four. When Paris takes that point, so you know four four players who are dropping, having to come all the way back from from the new spawn, mm-hmm. and on top of that, you're essentially providing free uh, opportunity for Paris to get the payload through through the archway. That allowed Paris to then contest that that high ground, and that sort of snowballed from there. Toronto was able to go and 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 settle down once they got inside the castle. To your point. But, you know, Don and Khan, they were, they were playing well together. There was some synergy between those two. Uh, and, and again, I think the difference here was that that C9 hurt the Defiant. But while they lost to the Eternal on, on Eichenwald, I thought they, mu- like, I mean, I know they won Dorado 3-2, but Paris did not make it easy
1: no can and, I just just say one thing about Dorado before we we uh, proceed to analyze it in a serious manner there was a flanking Orissa hey there was a <laughs> flanking... You gotta keep you gotta keep your eye on the cow <laughs> it was ridiculous I I was I was laughing uh, my backside off I should say it was amazing
0: but this is this was where I felt that Toronto you know, showed some gumption, right? They, ha- they actually had the harder fight to get the three, two win. I mean, Paris was set up with victory condition, but Toronto showed that they were able to go and, and do what is needed. Like that yeah. second point push, I think was nearly and well, not completely in overtime, but they had to win two, I think two overtime team fights. Sure. Just to get it inside, Um, you saw it nice, essentially exerting uh, some authority uh, to to win that that DPS battle or matchup.
1: I think it was easier once they went indoors, and the echo was uh, you know limited to a lower skybox. Maybe that was part of it. Yeah, Um, but it it just (laughs) was such
0: a such a tough fight. Um, What are your thoughts on, on Dorado?
1: I think a lot of it was well, uh, like you said there it, it's like one map split into three different uh fights entirely it felt very uh different and the Hanzo at the start wasn't really working uh against that echo who was playing uh, Naga was playing the echo mm-hmm. and up until that final stretch it wasn't really a good a good fight for Toronto but then like they they kind of held off enough at the guy at the final stretch there were some nice plays from uh there was a good dragon there and sada was playing uh better it, it was like a tale of two two uh teams really before they went indoors and and uh after on the attack for Tirana, it it looked like they just brute forced their way through Nice, and then played again pretty well. And uh, the time was was running down. It, it's like you said, Dorado was you know a hard a hard map. It's not like anything was easy. And even maps that, that Toronto won, it didn't feel like um, we're fighting against like what was the record one in three uh, until that point, like Paris or maybe two and three. Yeah, Paris got the. The win against the the Titans, yeah, and with less than a minute to go, a minute to go there, the things got like tense again. Like you know, your time bank is running out, and, and every fight, it seems like there are picks on both sides, and and at this time, it went Toronto's way. He and Sato, they clutched it out, in my eyes, at least.
0: Yeah, and that that again sort of carried over into Anubis where the Defiant had to fight, but had that that little extra that they were able to to lean on and rely on uh, to to lock things down I and mean, they got a 2-1 win on anubis so mm-hmm. in all things considered you know that is a driver's seat win on on 2 CP but uh, paris did not make things easy and it, it this is the match that actually got me wondering thinking back to our power rankings episode where we pretty much pissed off the entire european union yeah paris might be a team that while not a gatekeeper is on just on the outside looking in, like there is a lot of potential here. I mean, we saw the first of redrow within the lineup and he actually, I, I don't feel was much of an issue. Um, simply that Toronto defiant were, were the better team, uh, at the end of the day. But, uh, I'm, I'm slowly growing more impressed with what <sighs> Paris is, is able to
1: provide here. Yeah. Like I, I'm kind of, you know, going on a, tangent here but they later went on to beat washington justice three 0 so yeah
0: yeah,
1: there might be something to what you're saying there but yeah it didn't feel despite the win it didn't feel like we beat the lesser team here i guess is what you're trying to say here so exactly
0: yeah you know toronto beat a very competitive team but then this is where sir you start to ask this question is toronto maybe not as good as we feel they are or is paris a better team than we we actually give them credit yeah. to or is it a mixture of both it's just the a, wild oh, go ahead
1: no i'm just saying it
0: might have just gotten way closer in in the middle well and that's where i think the wild card is is that yeah. we are seeing the shift in meta we're seeing how hero pulls are impacting these teams uh and really how that league itself has elevated the level of play and we are seeing more and more parity. um but you've you've already shared the fact that uh, paris went on and, and beat washington who we would have said is a a top tier team. Right. And that's not the craziest result of the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, Toronto goes and, and, and really guts out a win against the Paris eternal. This sets up this match against the Boston uprising. And I, I was actually listening to myself sort of waffle a little bit. Like I am like, yeah, I think it's going to be close. And I was going to say it was three, two, but Mm -hmm. then I went down to three, one and see, there's a thing about the Boston uprising that Mm -hmm. I've, I've shared all throughout sort of our episodes this season. I feel they have like this potential. They're just waiting to break through. Unfortunately, whatever it was that I saw did break through and it broke through in a big way this weekend because in their match against the Toronto defiant, um, I have to admit, I missed it. Why? I didn't expect it to go as quick. Okay. <laughs> I actually saw uh, Rialto, yeah. and I, I was like, "Wait, wh- what? The Defiant or are- what?" Like, I'm, I'm trying. No, no, no. That's not two nothing. That's like two o on like right on uh, um, Numbani. No, like I, I was shocked, and 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 it's this is the thing about the uprising is that. They came in with maybe a, a lineup that was better suited to the meta. We saw a tank lineup of Gable C in, in stand one. Right.
1: You know, and no I, punk,
0: no fusions.
1: That's right. And no Gail, we'll see. He has he had like one of the best like debuts, I think, uh, on in the Overwatch League. Uh at least when you're looking just at this little game, he played outstandingly. And uh, if you start like talking about the maps that you 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 missed, Bus uh, Ilios was the first one. It it felt like exactly the same situation that we had against uh, Paris and the Busan map. Both <laughs> maps were super super close, but like it was you know a coin toss really, and it was super messy. I think even more messy than than uh, the match before. Uh, Stenwan and Gabusi, they played really, really well. They they felt a bit more dominant. There was a point where Toronto had 99 on the point, but Boston kind of wins. And Valentine, by the way, I, I was talking about it last week, how he might not be everything you know uh, he, he's ought, everything he's hyped up to be as you know a candidate for Rookie of the Year and this uh, carry DPS superstar. Well, in this match, he finally delivered on those, uh, you know, expectations. And he was playing really well. And another standout performance, uh, not just in in the Elios map, but that's when I was, uh, like, noticing it. Is Faith's brig is a force to be reckoned with as well. So, I, I mean, Nice and Michelle played well. Uh, it was, you know, a very close match. But Boston, they kind of you know, got the win at the end of the day, despite it being very close and and everything is going down to 99 and 0. You got to have that, you know, uh, follow through even when it's very tight and and it looks like you have no chance of winning. They they stepped it up and and got those needed picks. And Numbani was, you know, maybe the worst map from Toronto Uh in this game. It felt like Boston smelt blood and and it looked like they were gaining confidence and the exact opposite happened to toronto it had the opposite effect on them and they kind of took advantage sometimes there are games where one team takes advantage of all of the other teams slip-ups right and toronto had a few uh slip-ups and maybe i don't know lack of communication or, or concentration was off or something like that and they just took advantage of any mistake and they quickly pushed them off the you know one fight after another they had four plus minutes in the bank just you know plowing through all points and and they they were going confidently into the time bank uh uh, stage on their defense it felt just as effective to be honest Toronto looked lost I, I was thinking oh oh boy here we go it's gonna be like a roll, but finally, with a minute to go, they capped. But, but you know what happens? Even though you cap at the end, uh, your time bank is is mm-hmm. pretty much gone. It's not great. You cannot afford losing fights, right? And 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 Boston is a formidable team, and they definitely uh, will cap. And and uh, and you know, it, it just went down. And after two points, Gabe had an amazing flank grab. Imagine like being in your first map, and he went to that you know where you get to point two on Numbani uh, attack, and there's this there's this area above, and he just went above and then tossed that uh, uh, you know uh, mech, he pushed it to explode behind them. <laughs> so he was, he was really styling and flexing on them really in his debut match. So that was pretty cool, uh, despite on you know our team being on it, receiving end. I got a. Uh, I gotta give credit where it's due, and um, yeah, it, it just didn't didn't look great, and they just you know rolled this map as far as I'm yeah. concerned.
0: Well, and that sort of I feel carried into Rialto, like Boston didn't. I, I um, it occurred to me that Boston had an answer to everything that Toronto was throwing at them, mm-hmm. and it might have been the, the confidence that had been built up by this point. But like I am right. thirty seven. Was feasting, like he and Valentine were giving the defiant all sorts of fits. You know, we've talked highly of Isu and Nice and they were, they were okay. But when you have a pairing like Valentine and Nine Thirty Seven just going off, on top yeah. of the fact that you know Gabe Olsen and Stan One were winning the the tank battle between Sato and Michelle, like I, they had a great game, like, yeah. like Toronto was was, was having to go and give every single ounce of, of, of whatever it was that they had to just push that payload slowly forward, slowly forward. Uh, and at one point I actually thought Boston was going to be able to hold them from that, that third point cap. Yeah. Now that said didn't happen, but you look at it's as if Toronto had put everything they could just to get it to that third point. And then they're like, Oh, well <laughs> let's do our best.
1: Yeah, you're like you're right, and and when Toronto was defending every 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 point they took, I think was in overtime, but they still got it right, mm-hmm. and they just never backed down, and and on attack, Toronto, you know, they won some fights, and, and they had a better pace than Boston, so it seemed like fairly. Uh, good going for them but finally after that you know bridge phase boston they kind of stabilized but they won again they stabilized and they won again so it seemed like it's it was winable but i think nothing emphasizes what you said just now about this game uh more than the fact that toronto actually held them off so well in that time banks stage something like a push only past the first corner, something that most of the time you'd be like, oh yeah, we, we did well. It's completely winnable. And what, and what does uh, the Boston squad do? They just like, you know, they outdo them and they hold it off even before. So, Toronto
0: barely got it over the bridge. Yeah. And then at that point found themselves in, in a, in a, essentially a lost team fight with no, right. no time on the, on the clock. Like right. it was, you're right. I thought that, like, I felt the Toronto Defiant had a strong, yeah. winnable defense, but they had nothing left in the tank.
1: Yeah. Now going over this match with you, like, I, I do think like this particular game is not just about the meta being different. There was something here that was, went beyond that, like in terms of preparation or confidence. I'm not sure what that was, but like Boston clearly was the better team in, in this meet- map and the one before that. Well, I, you know walking back a little bit
0: I I went into the the weekly uprising discord so the our friends at the weekly uprising uh, podcast and uh, they have a smack talk channel mm. and uh, I actually <laughs> it, it's the most passive Canadian smack talk was was me saying uh, I picked the Toronto defiant uh, to beat the Boston uprising and then I did sorry and like you know lowercase <laughs> but I I think this is the this match is where we saw what Boston it has the potential of doing. They are not the bottom feeder team of, of seasons past. Yes. Yeah. They had a, a tough May there were a number of teams that did, but I think we're now seeing them find whatever confidence or swagger is that is that they, they possess. And I mean, again, they're currently top of NA after one week. Mm-hmm. And that's not the wackiest thing that happened this weekend. No. Um, before we actually get into, to what's going to be happening next week, let's talk a little bit about the match lineup, uh, uh, for this weekend. Now we, we have to add an asterisk to the two Toronto matches simply because we don't know uh, what the news we let off the payload with will, will have as far as impact, but we're going to go into this as if they're going to be
1: playing. I mean, I'm available to play if they want me.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure you, uh, you're eligible. Well, okay. Uh, they could put you on like a 30 day or whatever it is, but. sure. Um, the Toronto Defiant are set to take on the San Francisco shock on Saturday at 1.30 PM Pacific or 4.30 PM Eastern. Uh, this is going to be a, a tough match for Toronto. I mean, had they won both this past weekend, I would still suggest they're, they're hard pressed. I, I might've argued that they had opportunity to go in and, and shake things up. But I am so confused with everything that I saw this weekend, yeah, that there's a part of me that wonders that maybe the shock aren't as well insulated as we might think, so could there be an opportunity for the defiant to actually win here?
1: Uh, I'm not going to bet on it. there might be uh, I still think the shock are uh, above, like you said. it's not that Toronto inspired uh, a lot of confidence in me from you know from this week.
0: Yeah. And we don't really have a comparison right. you know, with the San Francisco shock. We don't know how they perform in this sort of new meta because again, they didn't play last weekend. Um, Toronto then has a, a match on Sunday at noon Pacific, 3 PM Eastern where they're taking on the Houston outlaws. Mm-hmm. This is another tough fight. And again, despite what we saw from the defiant this weekend before I would have gone into this with the belief that it's more of a toss up right? maybe, You know, lending sort of some, you know, weight of the coin towards the the outlaws,
1: and uh, yeah, it's unclear. Even the outlaws, they had like one loss and a good win. Like, what's going on? You're not. It's hard to say.
0: Yeah, although in fairness, like you look at the outlaws, yeah, they lost to the rain, but then they beat the mayhem. And this that again, there's this sort of group of teams that are sort of mid tier that, on any given day could probably beat each other. I feel the Toronto defiant are there and it could be that what we just witnessed was simply a a tough weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we had to go in and assign some scores, so how do you see the shock uh, defiant match? uh, panning out three, one for the shock, I think shock. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I had to how about for the uh, outlaws defiant? 3-2
1: three 2 defiant I, I I gotta be optimistic okay. a little
0: bit <laughs> see I have it three two Houston okay and 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 I, I I would have been I would be happy to obviously be proven wrong sure um th- it's just I feel that Toronto is still finding its way and I think Houston did more last weekend to sort of give us an idea of, of their performance than the defiant did I just want to overtake me and pick uh, that could be it too. Um, the uh, Titans are back in action though, as well. They uh, face off on Friday, 1.30 PM Pacific, or for those out East, 4.30 PM Eastern. They're taking on the Los Angeles Gladiators. And quite frankly, it is,
1: it's a loss. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tough matchup.
0: Yeah. Like that, you know, having had as much time as they've had off and, you know, who knows? Strange things have happened. Yeah. So maybe this is one of those strange things that could. But on paper, there's there's a difficult matchup for the Titans here, um, and the
1: Gladiators are still I, a good team. Yeah, I hope for I hope for a good loss here. Like I'm being optimistic. <laughs> like when you say a good loss, like a hard fought, yeah, one loss where it could have gone either way on a map sure, for sure. Okay.
0: So Vancouver, I feel by saying, you know, a three, one loss with Vancouver almost seems like a sure bet.
1: Yeah. It looks like it doesn't matter who we play. It'll be like a three, one for sure. They might bring, I don't know, team, uh, they might bring back a San Francisco shock from last year and would, it's would, will still be a three, (laughs) one. Yeah, that's true. Um, the,
0: uh, the Vancouver Titans then, uh, play after the, uh, the defiant on a Sunday, uh, there are the one thirty PM Pacific, uh, four 30 PM Easter match against the uh, Atlanta rain. Now, uh, Atlanta is, I think a slightly below the glads here, but I feel the Titans match up better against the rain than they do the glads. This one is one where I, I genuinely wonder, could it get to breadstick country?
1: I forgot what the rules are for breadsticks. Uh, like once map- they
0: reach map five,
1: yeah, okay, oh, five get breadsticks. three two will be fine. Let's let's get those breadsticks uh, this time. Okay, and you're giving the win to the Titans? No,
0: I like how. I mean, I like how with the Defiant we're like, no, man, I'm gonna I, be optimistic, I, 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 but with I, the Titans we're like, no.
1: I think it's an optimistic uh, prediction considering everything that's going on now with the roster shuffles uh, that we're going to talk about in, in a bit. In but, a moment, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> I'm going to say three, I'll say three to rain as well. I mean, I was, I, this is the one that I felt could, if there was going to be a map to get five in the breadstick country, this was it. Uh, um, I just don't see the Titans winning.
1: Well, let's just get those breadsticks. Um, I'm yep. ready.
0: Um. So, okay, this is probably a great segue. Uh, there are some changes to the, the Vancouver Titans afoot. Uh, I want to say late last week, uh, was it? Mm, uh, I think so. Anyhow, so a tweet comes out from, from Halo, uh, suggesting that, uh, the Vancouver Titans had signed a free agent main tank in uh, Changsik. Uh, for those that uh, are curious about him, I want to say he was on, uh, Fusion University back in the day. Yep. few any player. So he hasn't played for, for a couple of years in the competitive sense. And this, you know, at first people were like, wow, they're adding some depth. This is pretty good. Because we've seen some other teams do um, something similar with the adjustment of the meta, adding on an additional player and and uh, sort of evolving. Sure. And, you know, I would say there was general positivity in the world of of Titans fandom. Uh, that wasn't until the Vancouver Titans uh, tweeted out yesterday that uh, Shredlock has decided to move on to a new chapter and will be retiring from the Overwatch League. Uh, and this one yeah. caught... Which was you know, also style, like a
1: surprise. Uh, it was a prevalent theory, was it not that it might well, be like re- in replacement of Shredlock?
0: Yeah, well, no, but I think that more was was rumor um, <laughs> yeah. within the community, not uh, not based on anything more than those who who weren't keen on Shredlock as sort of the the starting main tank of any roster. Along the of for Titans, like we've I've had the opportunity to speak to some people within the scene on on. On sort of the representation side, um, within the organizations side with a number of different teams. And there were some question marks around shred returning to the Titans. Hmm. Like of all the sort of the, the, the players, this is the one who had the most question marks So people are like, oh, that's interesting. Considering at the time who might've been available, so on and so forth. Right. Unfortunately, um, for, for Shredlock and again, we don't know the whole story, but we're talking about this in, uh, RSP discord and back in January, um, Shredlock had tweeted out a, a, a message saying, uh, Mr. Murphy hugging his son for making trials. Well, my dad is furious at me for signing an owl contract. Hmm. Uh, IDGI. I don't, I don't get it. Um, there's been a belief that he's his, the support at home hasn't maybe been as present for shred uh, has as it has is for other players within the sort of professional sports sense and I can't imagine the toll that would take on a kid yeah yeah I, I agree um, but uh you know shred did sort of a twit longer where he had talked about how he's going to stay in Vancouver for <sighs> a little bit um, he's going to sort of get into back into school um, sort of focus on his education Shred did share that uh, he was apologetic uh, um, for for his departure, um, being that it was mid season. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, if if the situation is as it's sort of to be understood that um, you know the home front isn't as supportive, um, he's a young kid, he's got a bright future in front of him, and um, I'm almost Im- impressed, and I, I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I actually mean it in a positive sense that he was able, sort of at his age, to say, "Hey, I got to – I gotta focus on on a new direction and 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 tackle that. And let's be honest, we've talked about how, you know, Overwatch League players retire and, and return. That's the nature of esports. There is the opportunity for him to possibly get back in if the situation were to be good for him to do so.
1: Yeah. I wish him good luck. Like some people say who are not we're not really aware of all, all that goes into being an esport player like oh you're you're getting played, paid to play video games Literally, it's it's not the same thing at all it's grueling and and it's it's very hard and abrasive to your you know mental and physical condition and it and like you said if there's not enough support from you know people who are closest to him then uh, it can get really tough so yeah. I wish him well and and good for him for you know being honest about it and not you know trying to you know tell it as something else. Yeah. In the factor. But uh, as it stands officially,
0: <clears throat> the Vancouver Titans have three DPS players, two support and one tank available uh, for this weekend. That's officially. Uh, the Halo rumor about Changsing has yet to be confirmed. Uh, now that's not unusual. The Vancouver Titans have announced players' days of match. So there's some some history here for something like that to to get shared uh you know five minutes before go time. But the other possibility is maybe they're just already starting to adapt to the potential of overwatch uh, 2. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe they just saw the presentation like, "Oh, that's cool, that's what we're gonna have next week."
0: oh <laughs> uh, well okay there was a question that had come up before the start of the season where justin was asked like hey you know are you thinking of picking up an additional tank because sort of i want on the bench or support and he had actually said his belief is that uh having that spare dbs player provides most flexibility because there are many that can sort of slide into the support role especially if you think about the type of support players that are available within Anna or Baptiste Um, or alternatively, it's possible that they can go in and and shift into a, a tank role. I don't know main tank being the role you would think they'd shift into, but Hey, um, it can be done, right?
1: Yeah, We'll see. Like the rumors are prevailing about Chang sick. I Mm -hmm. think that's going to be the most probable outcome, but yeah. yeah. And he has been
0: playing with Taru. um, was streaming and Changsik was playing. I believe Changsik is not in, in country, so he no. was playing on ping. I can't imagine what main tank on ping would like, although it's probably a bit better than, than let's say, you know, a, a deep zero. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Anyhow, more will uh, be foretold this weekend. And obviously uh, you want to stay in touch with us uh, in RSP discord for all of the latest and greatest. Uh, We'll take ourselves a quick break here before we dive into the fray. Okay, we've we been talking about how this last weekend was wild and, and wacky, and frankly, I don't know how to describe it any differently. Um, some crazy stuff took place. Now, the craziness didn't really kick in on, on Friday. Friday sort of went as is. We already know that the Toronto Defiant beat the Paris Eternal 3-1, and we saw the Florida Man beat the London Spitfire 3-1. Then, you know, get into the, the wee hours of the evening, and the Hangzhou Spark beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-1. Okay, again. Things are are still yep. going as as we had planned. Uh, the match that uh, both of us had told you to watch, Shanghai Dragons, Changdu Hunters, well, that match uh, went 3-0 for the Dragons, which I don't think anyone out there would say is is a too surprise, yeah. you know much of a surprise. But then the New York Excelsior took on the Philadelphia Fusion, and they won three one.
1: First anomaly, detected. right?
0: And, and it's like okay, hmm, interesting. I mean, New York <laughs> is has you know potential here taking on the fusion different roster than obviously what we had expected from last year okay 3-1 you know what hey upsets happen from time to time yeah yeah sure but see but see that was the sign that things were going to go a little <laughs> askew because then fast forward to midday when the Paris Eternal take on the Washington Justice and they 3-0 them that's right the Paris Eternal beat the Washington Justice 3-0 in a a clean Clean sweep. It wah, was
1: wah, wah.
0: it was crazy. And and okay, you gotta stay tuned, especially if you're a supporter of the justice. So uh, let's continue on. We've got the Atlanta Rain beating the Houston Outlaws uh three-one. Uh this was a match again. We'd sort of talked about eh, they're sort of like in the sort of same, you know, sphere of of influence uh we already heard that the boston uprising beat the toronto 3-0 which is kind of carrying on the wackiness so Mm -hmm. let's go to the you know you know wee hours of the morning when the shanghai dragons were supposed to beat the living daylights of the hangzhou spark (laughs) well apparently the dragons did not get the memo and not only did they struggle to beat the daylights out of the hangzhou spark it was the other way around the hangzhou (laughs) spark real shanghai dragons like Weird. this this is crazy so i'm like again i i did not watch this match i'm not waking up the wee hours but i'm looking at the score and i'm like this this can't be right like did the did the dragons yeah, you double
1: it? take right
0: right um now the new york excelsior fresh off beating the philadelphia fusion 3-1 you'd think would take that momentum and <laughs> run with
1: it but no no they lose 3-1 to the guangzhou charge yeah every morning after these like you know apac matches i wake up and i I don't I don't want to spoil myself so I don't look at at the results but I do look at my uh pickem um uh, uh points if I get and I'm like oh something is probably wrong uh they probably haven't updated it yet yeah, no <laughs> Little
0: did I know um now the Chengdu Hunters beat the Philadelphia Fusion 3-1 okay this arguably you can't necessarily suggest as an untoward score because yeah. the hunters have been showing yeah, them sure. their ability to perform, but beating the fusion three one. And, 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 and again, in a relatively strong fashion is surprising. <laughs> uh, Atlanta rain throw the London Spitfire. Okay. So things are coming back to normal. You start off with normalcy. You get into some lunacy. You end off with some normalcy, but the Boston uprising where like, we ain't having none of that. And they 3-0 the Washington justice. My God. Poor Washington can get a get break. I got a I got a message from uh, you know one of the uh, RSP cord members asking me, is decay up to decay like things? And again, I I was kind of missing some of the stuff that was happening over the course of the weekend. Lots going on. I had just had my my vaccine, so I was tired as well. And I was like, Whoa, what's going on? And he's like, Well, um, apparently the hero pool banned Reinhardt uh tracer sombra
1: zen and decay yeah it's it's really odd i'm not sure what's going on hopefully there's no like uh issues well i mean
0: we're and we're not trying to suggest there is please don't take this as anything more than yeah than us like trying to explain what we would have never been able to explain it's as if the washington justice were back to the sort of the old justice tricks like they did not look good at all, which is which is completely different
1: than me. Best results were like draws, yeah.
0: And and oh, uh, we, we failed to point out we actually had a 3 0 on a map five. That's right, there is a 3 0 this weekend in a match that had to go five maps,
1: just awful. I don't think he even played at all, right? It was always Jerry and Assassin, like when we're,
0: yeah. It, but that's the thing is, like, the decay get. Get get hero pooled, right? Um, Houston Outlaws wrap things up by beating them Florida Man 3 1. Not kinda not crazy at all, but we got to see ourselves some Jake Rat. That's true. Right. Yeah. And you know, this world could do a whole lot
1: better if there was more Jake Rat in it. It didn't well, it did work a little bit. That was uh, a good pick. Junkrat is, is underrated in my eyes. But I I mean maybe the echo isn't a nuisance right now for the for the rat to prevail. I was gonna say I live for the Jake Rat, but then also apparently <laughs> I, I
0: cause people to have nightmare nightmares when I play junk
1: rat. Oh yeah, I I completely forgot. Thanks for reminding me. Jeez. I st-
0: I bring it up all the time and oh. I still don't understand how I was how I was able to go and, and cause so much trouble. I maybe it's because I play junk rat in like such unpredictable fashion. You I play just, junk rat like yeah. I play Reinhardt.
1: You just gotta, you know, embrace it, you know how like Sometimes people try to invent one thing and and they make a discovery towards something else entirely. So maybe it maybe. might be one of those cases.
0: Uh, but in this uh, sort of wild uh, weekend that was, uh, you have the Boston uprising at the top of the leaderboard. Like this, <laughs> the, I don't think they've actually been there, have they? Or maybe in season one for a week, they
1: had that one perfect stage. I don't know if it. Oh, like- yeah,
0: but were they top? Like because. I, I can't say I know because no, I did Not
1: when you look at the whole season. Yeah.
0: Anywho, um, craziness ensued, which is why coming into sort of this weekend, we're we're a little up in the air. So uh, the London Spitfire Dollars Fuel will kick things off on Friday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, followed by, as we'd already talked about, the Los Angeles Gladiators and the Vancouver Titans uh the shanghai dragons will be playing the los angeles valiant where at uh again 2 a.m uh, pacific 5 a.m eastern saturday or uh, i would tell you the shanghai dragons are going to go and have their way with the valiant but at this point who knows maybe the valiant are going to have a perfect stage <laughs> yeah 3-0 uh the, the uh new york excelsior then take on the seoul dynasty uh and there's there's only those two matches uh for those uh you might get up earlier stay up late uh houston outlaws then take on the london spitfire at 12 noon pacific uh 3 p.m eastern on saturday followed by the san francisco shock the toronto finals we talked about and then uh, wrapping up uh, the day is the atlanta rain and the los angeles gladiators at 2 a.m pacific 5 a.m eastern sunday may 30th is the new york excelsior the los angeles valiant followed by Seoul dynasty shanghai dragons and then, as we've already let off on Sunday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, Toronto find Houston Outlaws, followed by Vancouver Titans, Atlanta Rain, And wrapping the weekend up is the Dallas Fuel and San Francisco shots. That's a good one. Now, as far as matches to watch, I'm looking at this here, and okay, part of me is confused. Part of me wants to recommend that you watch the Dragons Valiant match, just to see <laughs> if there is actually not to <laughs> miss cra- the
1: shenanigans, yeah.
0: Craziness going on. Uh, but when I sort of go across all of the matches, I think the only one other than the Titans and Defiant matches that I watch or I'm interested in happens to be the Fuel
1: Shock. Yeah, there's one more. I think like Atlanta are two and zero, so they're playing against the Gladiators. Might be a good one. It might. Yeah. Okay. I I, I could give I could give that one as
0: well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, it's it's this this weekend it was has me so we out. The, the weekend that will be like, I can't, you know, with a co- good conscience tell you what's going <laughs> to happen. Cause I have no clue.
1: Just watch it all. Yeah.
0: Um, but that takes us into, uh, the, uh, the Overwatch league, uh, pick-ems, the RSP leaderboard, uh, and, uh, yours truly myself. I am as of June Jost currently in first place with 16 points, how that is possible has everything to do with the fact that so much craziness ensued that I must've had a crazy pick or two. I don't even remember
1: wait and uh, you kevin, just look at june
0: joust just june joust because yeah i mean if, huh. if we look at the cumulative total um i mean everything adds up i'm just looking at june joust though uh, of, course, I got of course you bring the metrics where you're first place of course that's that's what i do uh i'm 16 <laughs> kevin uh lou is at 15 points down also at 15 points uh sir dr jm uh you might remember him from being a guest in the med he's also got his own podcast one man watch point 14 points. sam sam 14 you're 14 so there, i mean it's it's tight after one week, but there's no one running away because of how wacky the weekend was. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, so again, it'll be interesting to see how things sort of play out uh, with week two. Um, okay. In fairness, if I go and change the metrics back to the 2021 total for RSP, you're right. <laughs> it doesn't bode well for me. I'm in the fifth spot. You're in the fourth spot not I'm too bad. behind you. No, but that's again, that's this past weekend. Taking the the those at the top like Alteron dropped from one to two, Kevin's up number one, Sheeps and three. But like you and I took advantage yeah. of a wacky weekend here.
1: After the first day of games, I was second place. I was like, "Let's go!" And then yeah. it happened.
0: <laughs> um. So here we are at that uh, that moment of our podcast where we're going to talk a little bit about the Overwatch Two news that uh, that came out. So let me let me just sort of preface this we saw a live stream where uh, the dev team comes out and talks a little bit about what we're going to expect for the PVP version of the game. And uh, right off the bat, it's shared that the game is going to become a five V five in the competitive sense with one tank, two DPS to support. And then pretty much the internet started to burn. <laughs> yeah. The fires were uh, high and hot. And you know, I'll, I'll qualify this before I, I throw it over to you to make everyone else's ears burn. When I heard the 5v5 and the transition to, to one tank, the one thing that concerned me of this was like, okay, what's that going to mean for tank Q? Yeah. Like I'm, you know, there are, I've never had an issue with tank Q, and now there's only one spot for me and everyone else to fight over. So that's going to be interesting, but I, I wasn't really worked up about it. Um, I don't play competitively. Maybe that's it. Like my jam is mystery heroes. I actually was more upset. They took mystery heroes out of the arcade <laughs> that's rotation. Last they week. did. Right. So is it back? it's back now. Yeah. I saw it was there today, but I mean, that, that kind of, you know, caused me to tilt. And if there's maybe another thing that I have some level of, of, of concern with is that almost to a pro many came out to say that this was the first they were seeing of this game. Was, was what we were also witnessing through the live stream. And there were a lot of upset professionals yeah. um, with these changes. Now, that's not to suggest their opinion is the only one that matters. Let's look at the numbers. The casual user base is massive. And that's what I think they're adjusting the game to be, to, you know, was towards is that casual player with an eye to sort of the mechanism of a competitive broadcast, not necessarily competitive play. But then you, you're a competitive player and I think you're more in tune with the general consensus uh as it pertains. So 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 why don't I throw the mic over to you on me? Tell me, how do you really feel?
1: Oh, I don't know. At this point I went through a few stages of grief. You know, there was the denial and the bargaining and all that at first. Mm-hmm. After having reconsidered, I think uh first of all before we go into the the the, the differences or or the pro- pros and cons I'm a bit more mellow about it than I was before. I had time to to digest and think it through. Um I'm more disappointed that we didn't really get to see any new heroes. We did see a couple of new maps which were very nice. But then I like thought about what 5v5 means in the great scheme of things. And while everybody says, Well, you don't know because you haven't played the game, how can you say well, I you can tell. If things are good or bad, you can you can kind of make your own opinion and predict if they're good or bad without. Like if, if we take basketball and we say, well, let's take two, two players off the court and it's three on three and you can't come to me with a straight face and say, well, you didn't see it play out yet, so you don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a not non argument to me. I mean, it does have some merit to it for sure, but you can identify some factors that will be hit and some that will be uh, maybe better so i i've actually <laughs> made a, a table of, of some factors of nine yeah. factors really and and one of them was a straight up pro no no cons to it at all the first one it's the cues i think it'll be shorter across the board even even if we're talking about tanks uh just with one tank it's not about competition uh towards uh, how many players are going to play that role i think with with just being the one tank, it's gonna make it easier, and and the queues will be alleviated just because you have to wait less for DPS and for for uh, uh, um, support. Just because you have ten players fighting, so it's already easier than having to fight find like a dozen players that have you know relatively the same SR. So I think that's a pro for sure. You want to play the game, you don't have to wait half an hour for it the higher you go up the ranks, it's, it's, uh, it's bad. People basically play other games and watch videos on stream. Because, you know, streamers, <laughs> usually they're in the top 500s and then the pro level. So it's pretty bad to watch as well. It's it's a snorefest. you get to like, I, I want to play Overwatch, you know, like you, I don't have a lot of time, I have a family, I have a, I have a, a mortgage, I have work. And when hmm. I do get like let's say, one hour to play Overwatch, well, I might be lucky and, and play two or, or three when I want to play DPS, because that's the role I, I like to play. So, unless I go into support or tank, it's it's no fun. Now, let's talk about the factors that I think are just cons. You cannot, like, justify them or say, oh, no, it's a good thing for the game. So, existing tank duo synergies, uh, like Rhyne Zarya, like, uh, pulled pork with the and hog uh sorry with orisa and hog or or monkey diva it's something that's so ingrained into our into our minds is what what Overwatch is or can be it doesn't matter if you lose or, or win or you just watch esports it's something that is like i don't know you you just can't have it without like they they're even talking to each other and having those back and forth in game and it's like kind of sad that your tank will be so lonely now without its, uh, you know, counterparts. So I, I see it as a con. Obviously, I'm not discussing uh, uh, benefits outside of, of the synergies, but those synergies are gone because, well, if you have only one tank, you cannot synergize with another one. The big one here that I'm concerned about is, is regarding toxicity and tilt. So oh, yeah. I think it's just a con. I don't see how it's a plus because... It's gonna be very lonely playing that main tank. Um, not just like for your team. It's usually it, it's it's hilarious to say, but in low level in in casual play, when you hit competitive, there's two DPS's, there's two supports, and always people say like in chat they're saying, "Oh well, our our tanks are bad, our supports are bad, Well, DPS sucks," you know. And and, and it's funny that I say I bring it as as a point of of comfort is that there are two DPS, right? Or there are two supports. Imagine you just have the one role, and suddenly someone goes, "Oh wow, our tank uh, uh, is bad, GG," or or tank difference. Now it's just you. So not only it doesn't really matter if it's true or not. We all play Overwatch. We know that it's not you know tied to reality more often than than uh, than it is, and you can get tilted really easy from this like what am I, why am I even playing this uh, you know uh, role and everybody's ungrateful and 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 why why should I even do this? so I think there'll be more toxicity and this role will be more prone to tilting. another point of concern is just I, I see a con in is just the sustainability of, of the esports because there are less tank spots. So whoever is now playing uh, a, an off tank, it's not like they're losing their job uh, because Diva still exists and, and, and Zarya still exists and they will probably be balanced in a way that they'll still be viable in some maps. But just from the nature of, of being a five versus five uh, team game, there will be less jobs open and, and across the board, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's worse. And you'll see a big exodus of, of players or pros who used to play Overwatch a lot and or, or on the stage or on stream, and they'll just go away. And that's pretty sad. Uh, well, that's kind of a long-term concern. And now the other ones that I have in here are, you can look at them positively and negatively, both ways, depending on who you are. Individual impact. That thing, you know, when you have a good game and, and you're winning, or when you have a bad uh, game and you're losing... Sometimes it's your fault, sometimes it's not now it's gonna be more individualistic, so the pros like the pro of this, like I said, you have more agency over your outcome the The times that you play overwatch these days and you're doing your best and you're playing well, you're hitting all your shots and you're losing and you can't do nothing about it. that's gonna happen less. so that's a big big, big pro for for this system. but the cons of it, I think the smurfs who are gonna be in the game are gonna impact it so much more and it'll feel. Yeah much more skewed than it ever did. Um, the next factor is the specialist roles. They're, they're going to be a bit diminished. So uh, the pro of this is discouraging one tricks. You won't be able to like play Doomfist all the time or, or you know, you won't be able to play uh, uh, Torb all the time. You will be able to play, but you'll be just losing SR and it won't be as viable. You, people might report you more than usual or get like toxic against that. So that's a big pro. Because you cannot, like, you know, ride the coattails of your teammates who are trying to uh, set their fights and actually strategize, but you're, like, doing your thing. So that will be discouraged. The con of this is that if you do get one, (laughs) it's going to be worse uh, for you as somebody who tries to win a game. Um, In terms of esports watchability, I think it's going to be less cluttered. So it'll be much easier to follow uh, Mm -hmm. for new viewers. Less bodies on the floor, especially like thick bodies, uh, less effects and, and whatnot. Every, anyone who just watches Overwatch for the first time, it, it, it's a mess sometimes with all ults going on. And it's much easier to follow when there are less, you know, characters um, fighting each other. On the con, though, it's less rewarding for experienced viewers. So if you do have the experience of watching Overwatch and you are, you know, Uh, tracking all of that it's less uh, rewarding to see those big uh, plays where i don't know two tanks or three players are involved so it's not going to be as exciting as all that so i'm down to the last two factors i think the game will uh it's kind of tied to the individual impact but i also think the game will rely rely more heavily on mechanics because uh it will be more less MOBA-ish and more FPS uh, uh, type of game now with, with um, you know, the tanks being buffed a little bit and relying on, on your mechanics to impact the fight a little bit more. There are less shields. The game will be a little bit more open. There will be more space. So whoever has the more better mechanics, uh, he, they're going to win the fight. So the pros of this, well, it'll feel more uh, instantly gratifying and fun. But the cons of it, it might devalue game knowledge and awareness. So you might be uh, very high, highly ranked because you have great like synergy, or communications, and awareness. Well, that might mean might not be good enough for Overwatch Two, where if your aim is not up to par, so that's a, a con. And the last one is the meta flexibility. I think the pro of this is like there's way less chance to get stagnant. But the con of it is why I think that is is because. Uh, when you have 5v5, I think the game will become a lot of, uh, you know, um, rock, paper, scissors type of thing. Like, imagine you have to hold on Dorado and the attack comes out with, like, a, a, a far tracer and you have no hit scans. You have, I don't know, a Junkrat and a Hanzo. Well, you best be ready to, you know, to switch as soon as you die and and, and then... Once you switch, they might switch again, and it will go back and forth. I mean, depends on who you ask. That might be what Overwatch is supposed to be, but it might get a little bit too uh, reactionary, where you're just like ending up playing a game of of countering, and there won't be like uh, a really a close match. It'll be just a back and forth uh, type of affair. So that's pretty much like what I was able to come up with. I'm sure there are many other factors. This is just my opinion. You are uh more than uh, uh entitled to have your wrong opinions. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like uh in a, on a serious note, that's like my two cents after having uh cooled off a little bit after my, my uh raging uh uh tirade that I went on on the Discords or, or Twitter. Yeah, the yeah. knee jerk reaction was was pretty bad. Now I see it's not as bad, but it's still I'm more leaning towards the negative side. If I like, if I had the chance to revert it, I would, even though I have no idea about game development and I might be wrong entirely, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't like it.
0: <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, but gosh, darn it. I don't like, it.
1: I don't like it. Um, if I, no, if I, I'd, I'd be a I, off thing, i would be there. I, I think all
0: of the points that you, you shared are extremely fair points. The, the thing that I, so for me, knowing that this game is probably so far away, so much is going to change. I, I'm actually wondering, like, why did they decide this was where they were going to share the 5v5? Yeah. And this is this is the thing that I I, I don't quite understand. Maybe it's like, oh, we're going to rip the Band-Aid off. But it the 5v5 completely derailed whatever message it was that they were looking to share with both the, the live stream and AMA. Like I look at the live stream, what maps did we see? We saw some, saw some very beautiful maps, yeah. New York, Toronto, Rio, rome they look phenomenal. Lots of verticality, a lot of different areas, different pathways. Like there's a lot going on there. Um, Easter eggs galore. Like we saw that push mode, which I'm still not clear on, the, the mode itself but again i haven't had an opportunity to play anything of the sort so it's one that i'm not too concerned about but again what was it that everyone was was talking about you look at youtube chat you look at like titan's chord specifically was well, there was some anger over over 5v5 Uh defiant chord less so i actually found defiant chord there was maybe towards like oh my god 5v5 this is drastically changing but there actually wasn't as much activity in a discord during that live stream Um, What else did we we get to see? Well, we got to actually see some of the new hero abilities and how, like Winston, has a secondary now and has a range shot. And to use a placeholder, they have the Hanzo Scatter Arrow icon. Mm, Scatter, right? So there, there were these. We don't know how far down the road the game happens to be, but again, whatever the message was that they were wishing to share, that five v five is probably a
1: weird play. I'm 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 concerned that I'm sure that there's a lot of things going on, but at least. You know the cosmetics of it, oh, I don't know how 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 to like really describe it. It didn't feel visually more advanced than, or like more ahead in its development cycle than we saw it for the first time.
0: Well, like 2019, BlizzCon twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah,
1: it didn't right. didn't seem like it. It changed a lot since then. Like the biggest change is the five v five, obviously, but. Yeah. Well, we've seen, we've seen more maps and this sort of came up as to
0: map design. Are we going to see a lot of the, the Overwatch one maps translate over and we didn't get an answer. In fact, we got a more definitive of a, we don't know that maybe trended towards maybe not. Um, and I, I sort of understand if they've gone five V five, they've removed a tank and now having to not only sort of rebuild a map for the engine, but then rebuild the map for the style of gameplay that they expect. I mean, there's, there's a lot of sort of. I don't know. Yeah. It's um, like they, for for lunch.
1: It's like it threw uh uh this 5v5 thing just so people can like argue over it and forget maybe any other concern that is plaguing this game so far.
0: Yeah, if 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 you love it or hate it matters very little so long as you're talking about
1: it, right? <laughs> but yeah, the Blisscon 2022 they're just going to like well the game is pretty much the same but we're now uh, a 4v4.
0: Yeah. So this sets up the, the AMA that they had on Reddit. Uh, The anniversary AMA is what they, they positioned it as, which I think the live stream was going to go and set up quite well that people are going to go and, and light up on 5v5. And there were a lot of questions. The difficulty with an AMA, however, is they don't necessarily have to address all of them. They get to sort of pick and choose what they want to. And so, one of the questions that had come up a couple of times is if 6v6 exists for those who prefer it, might that be possible? And their answer is we don't know. Yeah. Like, it, ultimately, 5v5 is a thing. And it, there actually seemed to be more commitment to 5v5 being a thing. And that's what I feel is counter to what some people were saying oh, it's too early. Just wait and see. It might not make it to live game. Mm. Well, they're not, development is not saying this is still a work in progress. Like they are, they are selling five E five as the future. In fact, going as far as trying to clear up the misconception as to what the tank role is. And this being a main tank and off tank and off tanks are being removed or no one will overplay them. And they're like, no, 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 we're there's a tank role and we're going to have tanks and we're going to remake what people think off tanks are to be tankier. And we're going to actually make main tanks that are too tanky, less tanky, but then give them like, like they're, they were going all in on this. So if, if you don't like five V five, I don't see that changing. It, it's, it's sort of the new, new reality. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to go through everything that came out in the AMA cause there was a lot more conversation as to sort of the, the development side, a few tidbits that I found interesting. Uh, Bastion is going to get completely reworked like from the ground up.
1: You might become a tank too. <laughs> yeah, <who knows? laughs> Literally and
0: figuratively. Yeah. um, Theres going to be the possibility of of crowd control adjusting, so um one of the the areas that was talked actually during the live stream is you think about like McCree crowd control toss the flashbang and it hits like everything
1: in within a metric mile um <laughs> Give it whereas, the, the, the diva bomb um range
0: yeah, pretty much right so you know there there's there's these adjustments there was talks about the possibility of May becoming a tank similar to what we saw within that April fool's experimental, which is interesting because we've now actually seen, and they sort of confessed to this. Some of the things that we saw in the experimental, they wanted to see how it, it landed before throwing into overwatch two. So for instance, Zarya having her two charges, yeah, we saw that in that, that overwatch two build. So, I mean, there are things that, that will, will sort of change over time. Um, and the AMA also shared that apparently soon and maybe sooner than soon is when we're going to see some of this overwatch one news, this, this investment in the live game that Aaron Keller had, had shared when he sure. sort of, you know, talked to as, as he joined uh, as, as, as the lead uh, developer. But when it comes to blizzard soon and sooner than soon could also mean like next month. Yeah. Right? Blizzard soon. Yeah, Blizzards, Blizzard soon is whenever. Yeah. Um, if you're interested, the AMA is on Reddit, obviously, on uh, on Overwatch uh, subreddit. You can check it out there. And obviously, a live stream if you want to watch it. It's still
1: all uh, all available. You know what experiment they should do for McCree's is flashbang. Uh, what should they do? They should uh, make his flashbang uh, stun only McCree himself. <laughs> Throw it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Buckle up. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be great. Yeah. I okay. I I, I was playing a match this weekend and I got stunned by a McCree flashbang that was thrown from above, but he actually stunned like five of us all at once. Wow, you were huddled together. Well, that's the thing. We weren't. Like I was playing Ryan. I, I got I got, get me being stunned because from above it's like my shield doesn't exist. Mm. Like there's no no angles if that flashbang goes above my shield. But what I don't get is how the stunt affected those behind me as significantly as it did. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I was on, uh, on Dorado just over, you know, going in, about to go in from that, uh, walkway or whatever walkway it is in the archway thingy. Yeah, exactly. And he just popped it below and, uh, we got, we got taken out pretty, pretty good, mm-hmm. but, but it was, yeah, the flashbang has again, yeah, to your point, diva bomb range. Sometimes,
1: especially on on the red team
0: it's always the red team team. okay can you this is the thing i I, I will maybe have to have our own episode about this how is it that red team reaper is a darn sniper (laughs) like like here is their reaper shooting and like getting widow style damage from across like the map it's magnets (laughs) like i don't understand that red team reaper always seems to to be able to play well Oh, well, here we are again at the end of a, of a pretty long episode. I mean, there's lots to talk about a lot's going on in the world of the Vancouver Titans, as well as the Corona define. And as we talked about earlier, they're in a tough spot from a health position. So, you know, all the, all the best to everyone within the organization. Uh, our hope is that, uh, that you get through this. And again, not that there's any doubt within this, but, uh, whatever we can do, and, and I'm sure the community can do, we're, we're all here to support you know, for, for, some reason you were to have questions about what does this mean? All of those questions will be addressed. Um, the focus right now is simply about getting people who are sick, healthy. Mm -hmm. But, uh, For those of you who have possibly tuned in for the very first time, I hope that you like what you heard from us and click that subscribe button. If you happen uh, to listen to us a long time to subscribe again, subscribe is, is awesome. Uh, But I'm often asked, well, what is it that I can do to help support the show? Well, the greatest thing you can do is tell someone about us. Um, Here's something you like on the show. Tell someone about it, publish it online through Twitter, social media, Reddit, wherever happens to be. Uh, If there's something you didn't like, Hey, engage with us um in fact we have one person who occasionally engages with us on twitter um this person who has a, it's like a chicken leg as their avatar <laughs> uh, they didn't like the fact that i was promoting your twitch stream and they wanted to know if we had given up in the vancouver <laughs> titans
1: it's automatic it's not our fault but um but no like in fairness
0: i'm gonna if anyone wants to engage with us i'm always willing to engage back you might find however um, if I'm not necessarily as keen to engage the actual conversation, you might get the thanks for listening because I truly want to thank everyone who listens, whether they do or they not. But no, uh, I try to stay out of the mud. I know I'm 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 good for a rant or two, but I really try to stay out of the mud. Uh, and then, if you're curious about joining RSP Discord, it's discord.io/slash You can find everything else on readysetpone.com. Uh, but what final words of wisdom do you have for all of our uh, listeners there on me?
1: The- oh, won't somebody please think of the discord children,
0: man, this is, this is never going to disappear. This, <laughs> this, this, this discord children and again, for those that don't know, I don't know if it's easily found, but if you go in the Titans discord, eh, it's there. And it's not Omni who brings it up. That's the other part. Like, oh, man. Well, think, you know, things get said, and I don't think it always carries the meanings to which people might intend it. Uh, final words of wisdom for me, if you happen to ever look at birds in the sky, make sure you do so with your mouth closed. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's a pro-pro. We were talking about, you know, robotic pigeons that are controlled by the government last episode. So we got to sort of continue to to make this a thing. And I should point that out. Neither Omni or I, I think, are in the camp of pigeons controlled by the government. But hey, if you
1: are. Uh sure. Yeah, pigeons are 5G relays. <laughs> oh
0: well, I got upgraded this weekend, so <laughs> the Pfizer flows through me. Oh, you got the six G now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When do you when do you get your upgrades? It's pretty soon, right?
1: Uh this weekend actually. Oh, I think the twenty eighth.
0: Gosh, man! Uh, soon, soon, everyone's going to be able to tune into the live streams yeah, simply be a by lot you know, <laughs> you know <just> di- <laughs> dialing into our individual chips. Oh, we shouldn't joke about this stuff. Um, on behalf of Omni, i Omni only strafe myself. Chris Atlight for us going to sign this episode off with those words you've been waiting for catchphrase.